Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, This is the place, if this is your first time with us, to where we simply gather around the Word of God and we read a portion of the Word of God and sort of reflect upon it. Always less than 10 minutes, so it's just a amount of time that you need to run to do an errand or something like that. You can throw the headphones on and listen. Uh, I think we've had several new folks join us of late, and so I thank you for that. Continue to pass the Word. That is the really the only way that people find out about these times together is other folks sharing. And so put it on all your social media sites and, you know, email list and various things like that. And I greatly, greatly appreciate it. We've been going through the book of Second Timothy of late, and we're in the second chapter right now. And uh, so I just want to back up a little bit and remind us of a couple of things. In the seventh verse, Paul had told Timothy, hey, I want you to consider what I'm saying. Okay, think about what I'm saying here. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And that's a great promise right there. <coughs> Excuse me. It's a change of the seasons around here, right? <laughs> the Lord will give you understanding. So often uh, we have a tendency uh, to read a passage and say, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? And then we immediately dive into a commentary or we dive into the footnotes in our study Bible or we dive into uh, uh, calling a friend. What does this mean? What does this mean? Well, that's all wonderful. And that's all very helpful. Okay. And we're supposed to do things like that. But he says, first of all, give the Lord an opportunity. The Lord will give you understanding in everything. And so I think too often we try to jump to the immediate answer rather than just saying, Lord, what is this? And allowing the Spirit to speak to us, allowing other portions of the Word. Now, the Lord does speak to us through His Word. He speaks to us through the Spirit. He speaks to us through His body, other portions of the body of Christ. So that's fine. But let us go to the Lord first. So that's what he's saying. Consider these things. And then he said, remember this. And it was the succinct explanation of the gospel. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to imprisonment as a criminal. But the word of God is not in prison. So he said this in the next verse, verse 10. For this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen. For the reason of the gospel For the reason of the fact that Jesus Christ came, he died, he's risen from the dead. He is the Messiah. That's what that whole descendant of David was about, just to remind them that he's the only one that's fulfilled all the prophecies. And so he says, it's for this reason that I literally press on so that they also may obtain the salvation, which is in Christ Jesus. And with it, eternal glory. And so Paul and was driven by the Spirit, and Paul was driven to proclaim the gospel for those that are chosen. Now, the last three verses, this little segment right here, verses 11, 12, and 13, say this. It is a trustworthy statement. And so uh, that it is a trustworthy statement (coughs) sort of depends on how you look at it in different translations and stuff. It may be referring back to the gospel. Well, that's absolutely true. It's more than likely referring to what he's about to say. It is a trustworthy statement. I'm reading from the New American Standard. It's got a colon right there. And so this is a sort of a poetic type of thing. And it very well may have been an early hymn type of thing. 
to where they had written down and people would sing and quote these truths. We do the same thing today. Most people know what they know about God through the music they sing. They know more through the hymns and the songs they sing than they do through the word. If they're good hymns, if they're good songs of praise, that's wonderful. If they're not, then we've got a problem. So here's what the trustworthy statement is in verse 11. It is a trustworthy statement. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. Verse 12. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And boy, these are some profound truths right here, which really set us free and give us understanding of other portions of the scripture. You know, the, the body of Christ is so divided in, in so many ways, but it's quite divided uh, theologically. It's quite divided in understanding of the scripture. And people will just get on soapboxes and proclaim things. And all you've got to do is just look at a couple of verses, and it clarifies things. Okay? So right here he's saying this, if we've died with him, we will also live with him. What that's talking about is if you're truly saved, okay, if you have obtained the salvation, if you've repented and confessed, and you die to self and die to the flesh, we will also live with him. Now, we don't die to self and die to the flesh to attain salvation, no, salvation is only attained because the Lord calls. He's chosen. And then we respond out of that conviction, okay? He says, but if we've done that, then we realize that we walk daily in death to self. We will live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. We see that all through the scripture. One verse calls it the perseverance of the saints. The pressing on, the growing in salvation, the working out of our salvation. We are granted by God's grace and God's mercy to be saved. But then we work out the salvation, again, not to attain, not even to maintain. We're simply living out the salvation, and the day will come when we'll receive all the glory of the salvation that we positionally have right now. So he says, if we endure, <coughs> if we press on, we will reign with him. What happens if you don't endure? What happens if you don't press on? Well, there's a couple of things. If you don't endure and you turn and you go back to the way of the world, it's one of two things. You're either walking in rebellion, and we're going to see something about that in just a moment, okay? Or you truly weren't saved to begin with. John speaks about that in his letter in 1 John. He tells the group there, he says, uh, don't worry about those folks that have left you. There have been people that have left them. And he said, don't let that distract you. If they had been of you, they would have stayed. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? In other words, they weren't truly saved. That doesn't mean that you don't pray for them. You don't continue to bring the gospel before them. No, no, no. But don't be surprised because if they weren't really saved, they're going to leave you. He says, if we endure, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. And so what he's saying here is if, if you deny him and you're truly not saved and you deny the Lord, he's going to deny you. Then the next verse, verse 13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. And I believe what that's speaking of and what it's speaking to is that there's times in the life of the true believers where we're faithless in something. We've sinned. We've turned our back. We've walked away. We've done what we've wanted to do. That's what sin is. Uh, as a true believer, you don't sin because you have to. We simply sin because we want to. 
Okay, it's not because, oh, I can't control the body in this. No, no, no. The Spirit enables us to walk a life of holiness. That's the reason it says, be ye holy as I am holy. We're empowered by the Spirit to do so. We simply will have moments where we decide not to do so. But look what it says here. When we are faithless like that, he remains faithful. He remains faithful to us, folks, even when we're not faithful to him. For he cannot deny himself. That is a great picture right there. In true salvation, when you're truly saved, we are so much a part of him. It's what you see in John 17, Jesus in his high priestly prayer when he's praying to the Father, that we would be one with them as they are one with one another. That's who we truly are as believers. And it says he cannot deny himself. We are considered to be a part of himself. Those who are true believers are a part of the Most High God, Father, Son, and Spirit. To such a degree that even when we're faithless, he remains faithful to himself. He's not going to not deny himself. So once again, let's close with this trustworthy statement. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. Uh, Marvelous truths, wonderful, encouraging truths for those that are believers. Those that are false believers, that's going to convict you right there. You need to do do what it says in 2 Corinthians. Examine yourself to see if you be of the faith. Again, I'm Dale. I thank you so much for your time. As I said at the beginning, pass the word about this time, and I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.